0: Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today is the Heartland Payment Systems breach. I'm talking with James Van Dyke, founder and president of Javelin Strategy and Research. Jim, thanks so much for taking time to join me today.
1: I'm glad to be here, Tom.
0: So, Heartland Payment Systems, from what you've seen, what you've read, what do you think happened here?
1: Well, you know, the the details are still unfolding. It's really hard to know exactly uh, um, what the pattern is of the data exposure. And the two things we uniquely look at is data exposure and fraud incidents. And, of course, we still have to wait even longer to determine what pattern of potential fraud or privacy violations will come out of this. But it looks like there's, from from the scattered pieces of information that are coming out, that this could be an organized attack. It probably is. The larger-scale breaches tend to have that component to them. And um, certainly, people are going after data, so there, there could be a remote aspect to these as well. But uh, we just really have to wait for more information.
0: Now, last week, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, and you probably did too, because immediately after the news, it was a slow news week outside of the inauguration. Everybody picks this up, and they're saying potentially the you know the biggest breach since TJX, the biggest breach ever, the biggest breach in, in you know recorded history. With some perspective, how bad is this really?
1: You know, again, the details are just coming out right now. And so we have to wait for those those details to emerge. In the case of TJX, it actually wasn't known for several months. We actually created a timeline on this, one of our researchers, Mary Monahan, did, that, that showed uh, and connected all the disparate pieces of information as they came out that were reliable because there's so much speculation that you have to wade through. So um, two, two things. One, uh, the facts are not present yet, and they will take months to come out as people literally do forensics on systems. Uh, it's certainly very large. Is it the largest? No one knows that yet. I mean, it's just and anybody who says they know, unless they they work for the organization itself, Heartland, um, they're, they're probably just speculating, so I don't want to go there. But it, we, we have this, uh, we've got to organize the information, and here Javelin will probably put that into a timeline just like we did uh, for clients with TJX, to try to understand how you can prevent, detect, and resolve fraud, and that's just what we're going to do.
0: So we've already got banks and credit unions that are being made aware that their customers' information might have been a part of this. What would you say are the key takeaways for banking institutions now that are hearing from Visa and MasterCard?
1: Yeah, well, banks uh, you know, as issuers or even DDA groups have got to step up the process, make, make sure they're, they're going full steam ahead, in, in looking for, for patterns uh, where cards would have been used um, and um, uh, in the past um, compared to where they're they're being used fraudulently now. I mean, they need to be right on top of and working doubly overtime on top of looking for common patterns in, in fraud usage because that's what will help them to know which bins of cards were exposed and things like that. And um, so that's a process we've got to go through the problems. We just can't wait. So issuers have to stay on top of that and um, you know put in the extra hours. We also need to make sure we're educating the uh, um, the other victim in these fraud cases. There's always two victims in, in ID fraud cases, and there's always two crimes. And what those are is the two crimes are steal the data and then use the data fraudulently. The two victims are the individual account holder, in this case a card holder, and then generally the financial institution as well as of course the network and the merchant, so companies and individuals. Simplifying what I just said, We've got to make sure we're educating individuals on what to do. Don't do it so boldly that we scare them, but inform people to monitor their statements, remembering that one out of every two cases of fraudulent transactions are actually detected by the account holder, not an issuer, not a network, not somebody else.
0: Oh, That's a good point. Uh, Jim, we've got a new administration in right now, and certainly people are talking about new regulatory measures. Is there something on that level you think we can expect to see, maybe not to prevent such breaches, but maybe to put in more, you know, regulatory bite in some of the non-banking institutions that are handling critical data?
1: You know, boy, it's such a tough one. And the major brands, you know, Visa and others, I think have done a really good job in trying to push forward PCI standards and so forth. uh um, it's, uh, where we've seen most of the emphasis, the suggestion by the, uh, the new administration, the Obama administration, talking about regulation, going back, uh, to early parts of the camp, of their campaign efforts, we're really talking more about transparency. And so it's our expectation, Jalen, that we're probably going to, if whatever regulation we, that we see, we believe, will be mostly about transparency and what you do with, uh, selective and complicated application of interest rate charges so that we keep individuals whole. And that there won't, uh, therefore, there won't be much left over regulatory interest in in the area of data breaches. Because as soon as that conversation comes up, if it does come up on Capitol Hill, uh, wise regulators will probably say, well, let's first explore the connection between data breaches and actual cases of fraud. And the thing is, it's not that strong of a correlation. There, there certainly were breakout cases of fraud coming out of TJX, but that's because people didn't know that a breach had happened for so long. This one's now known.
0: You make a good point. Jim, let me ask you about PCI because you know that's come up a lot in the conversations. And I guess I counter with PCI is a standard, but it's not necessarily a regulation. Is it going to be effective?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a really interesting question about that. It's a standard, not a regulation, and and I'll add on to that something guys more of the, of the trend. One thing we saw first Visa do, followed by Mastercard, and then American Express, and I believe Discover, if I'm not mistaken, in that order, was that when uh, um, there was the card services breach, we saw interesting self-regulation, building on what on your question. Where essentially Visa regulated card services out of business. You know, I've had a couple of regulators take exception to me saying that, and I think that's because they might see that as a threatening comment, like, "Hey, you're gonna," but by you calling that effective self-regulation, you're gonna put us out of a job. But but that's the point is that all this is so complicated. This meaning the connection between data exposure and fraudulent transactions, those two separate crimes doing system forensics and the rapidly changing nature of technology, fraud mitigation technology, we have to stay one step ahead of criminals, kind of like with uh, Check 21 and other new emerging payments regulations, they're probably going to be at their best when they're pretty darn vague. Therefore, it's really up to the industry to solve this one.
0: Now, interesting, I got your reports at the start of the year. You and your team put together, a really, I thought, a fine set of predictions for what might happen in banking and finance in 2009, and interestingly enough, th- this breach sort of makes you look like Nostradamus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we like to thank you for the compliment. We, uh, the only thing we do differently is work with lots of quantitative data, and there isn't a whole lot of research going on to connect the pattern of data exposure. And fraudulent data usage, and I, and I wish we could take credit for being really smart. We just work with a whole lot of data that, that looks at that, and we're going to have some upcoming re- results fairly soon, to give us some of the latest fraud numbers, and I think there'll be some surprises in there as well. Uh,
0: Jim, what do you think are some of the, the biggest fraud threats that banking institutions need to look out for now?
1: Boy, it's um, you know it's it's getting more multi-channel all the time uh, fraud, and that's what makes it so difficult, and so therefore. You, uh, you know, last year, for example, in our in our ID fraud report that came out in the spring, what was really interesting there was that the degree to which criminals were going after a then relatively unprotected channel of the telephone was crazy. I mean, through all measures of of looking at phone based crimes, uh, wireless, landline, whatever, new phone applications, phone crime was up left and right, and we were so busy t- protecting the new channels. The people were, uh, criminals were going after the old channels. And I think that the account holders themselves, or the identity holders, in the case of new account fraud, weren't thinking to protect the old fashioned channel. So our message is very much a multi channel message and will continue to be that because criminals don't have a bias to either new technology or old technology. They're, they're happy to use them all and they're just waiting to see where the gaps are. So for individuals, what we've got to do better, both individuals as risk and fraud experts, and account holders, or identity holders, on both sides, we've got to get those individuals to be viewing fraud more as a multi-channel problem and one in which they study the data on the trends between, sorry, it sounds like a broken record, but but the connection between data exposure and fraudulent data usage, and then engage the customer in the crime because even though... there's just no excuse for a big big data breach, period. And it's a traumatic event when you get that letter in the mail. I got one a couple months ago myself saying your data has been exposed. There's no excuse for that kind of thing these days. And generally, there's just some sloppy practices that lead to it. However, um, unfortunately, they're going to keep happening. And so the sooner we can engage account holders and multi-channel focused risk and fraud specialists in the crime, the sooner we'll bring some of these crimes to a halt.
0: Jim, great insight. I appreciate your time today. I look forward to speaking to you both when we learn more about the Heartland Payment Systems Breach and uh, when you've got some, uh, some new research coming out.
1: Sounds great, Tom. Looking forward to it. Thank you.
0: We've been talking with James Van Dyke, founder and president, Javelin Strategy and Research. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.